0: Conversations, Episode 4, The Void. Written and directed by Oscar and Jade wendman How are you getting on, Penelope?
1: Yeah, fine. I just need to finish wiping down the tables and then I'll do the floors. Are you locking up tonight?
0: Yeah, so as soon as you're done, you're free to go.
1: Thanks, Trent. There's still a lady sat at the window, by the way.
0: I know. I'll go and have a chat to her now. Hi. Excuse me.
1: Yes, my dear?
0: Just to let you know, we have closed. You have about 15 minutes until we lock up.
1: (sighs) Oh, okay. No problem. This restaurant just brings back so many memories.
0: Oh, really? Would you care to tell me one?
1: (laughs) I would, darling, but it would take longer than 15 minutes. You'd have to take a seat. A quick one, then? Why are you interested in an old bird's stories, anyway?
0: Because if you don't have time to stop and listen to other people, then why should people stop to listen to you?
1: Very true. You're a smart young man. What's your name?
0: Trent. And may I ask yours? Doris. Doris, it is lovely to meet you.
1: Likewise. (laughs) I haven't sat down with a man your age since I met my husband.
0: He ought to be more careful letting you out alone. (laughs) What brought you to Maisines?
1: Me and my husband used to come here together. All the family celebrations, our anniversaries, all under this one roof. It would have been our 57th wedding anniversary today.
0: I'm sorry, Doris.
1: It's okay. He was very unwell. He lived a good life, and because of him, I have two.
0: Life can be a rotten old thing, but it's the journey that counts.
1: It sure is.
0: Anyway, I thought I was getting a story. Would you like to talk to me about your husband?
1: I'd be delighted. But where to start? Hmm. Uh,
0: Why not start at the beginning?
1: Well, we met at a local dance hall. Oh, what was it called? Um, Pronto's. It was in Kingston, where I lived. What year was it? October 1961. I remember it so well. I was going out with one of Ernie's friends at the time. And we went to Pronto's. I saw Ernie, and he was swigging out of a bottle, so I thought, "Uh uh-oh, he's an alcoholic. (laughs) When I first spoke to him, I said, I remember the first time I saw you, you were swigging out of a bottle. Then Ernie replied, It was cough syrup. I had a cold.
0: That's brilliant. (laughs) Don't judge a book by its cover.
1: Exactly. He was such a lovely man, but he could be very shy. Not to me, but other people. In what way? Well, my father used to say, Does that man have a tongue in his head? And when I replied, Yes, he'd say, He doesn't use it, does he? I don't think he ever fully understood, Ernie.
0: He sounds like a lovely character, and your storytelling is so captivating, Doris.
1: I'm glad I'm not boring you.
0: Not at all. Carry on.
1: When we first got together, we used to hang out at the wimpy underneath the dance hall. It was one of the first to be opened. It used to only cost one shilling and threepence.
0: What's that in today's money?
1: Oh, I'm not sure. I think it's about sixpence.
0: Brilliant. How times have changed.
1: They sure have. It was a different world. In those days, there wasn't much you could do. It was dancing, coffee, or the movies.
0: What was your first movie?
1: The Music Man.
0: Starring Robert Preston and Shirley Jones?
1: Yes, that's the one. I'm surprised you know of it.
0: It's a wonderful movie. It's not lost, just in the archives.
1: (laughs) Maybe you're right.
0: And anyway, you mentioned that there wasn't much to do in those days, but I don't think there's much to do now.
1: There just seems to be more than we had we would find ourselves doing the same old things. A few days after our first cinema trip, we went back, got in there, and guess what film was playing?
0: The Music Man?
1: Yes, but we still ended up staying and watching it all over again.
0: (laughs) How old were you both when you met? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Ernie was 18 and I was 16, nearly 17.
0: And look at all these memories that you have. I've stayed with you for all these years. You're very lucky.
1: I'm sure you have memories. They may not seem like anything now, but in your future they will. Is there a young woman in your life, Trent?
0: Not currently. I was with someone for a while. We even had two beautiful sons together. But sadly, it didn't work out.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, dear. What happened?
0: It's a long, complicated story, but to cut it short, we just weren't right for each other. We tried so hard for the sake of the boys, but it, it soon became apparent that it just wasn't right. We both deserve to fill the missing part of our puzzled hearts.
1: It shows true care for your children when you both find a way to prevent the situation from turning sour. There was obviously love deep down somewhere.
0: Oh, of course. We've always loved each other, but that's not always enough. I sometimes wish it would have worked out, as I'd love to have that happy family unit, but it just wasn't meant to be.
1: That's okay. Not all relationships work out, and they're not all perfect. Mine and Ernie's definitely had its ups and downs.
0: (laughs) You say that with a smile on your face, like you did something you shouldn't have?
1: You're very right.
0: Oh, Doris. What happened?
1: Well, it was New Year's Eve, and I had been seeing Ernie for a couple of months. We spent the evening at Pronto's, but then I left with another man.
0: (gasps) Doris, no! How could a sweet lady like you do that?
1: That's not even the worst part. Poor Ernie had missed the last bus, so he had to walk 10 miles to get home. It was 1 in the morning and the floor was covered in snow. He was fine though. He had his fancy Winkle Picker shoes on.
0: (laughs) Winkle Picker shoes? What on earth are they?
1: They are shoes that come to a really narrow point at the end, pointing upwards like the tip of a boat.
0: Oh, wow. I would have loved to see those.
1: Trust me, you wouldn't. They were horrendous. All the rage in the 60s, though.
0: I bet. So, what happened next?
1: It was New Year's Day. Ernie got the bus to mine and then walked through my parents' shop to the lounge at the back. I was sat smoking and he came straight out with, Do you want to see me or not? Wow, that's
0: (laughs) quite a bold move for a shy man. He must have liked you. What did you say?
1: I said, Oh, okay, if you want. (laughs) Anyway, back to you. Were you engaged?
0: No, we never got to that.
1: Is there any reason?
0: It was just never the right time, and I think deep down we always kind of knew that the relationship would never maintain... Not only that, we could just never afford it.
1: At least you knew this before you went through with it. Marriage is a big commitment and promise, especially if it's one that you can't keep.
0: It's okay, though. The boys are happy with their mother, and that's all that matters.
1: Yes. But are you happy?
0: I'm getting there. I just wish that we lived closer.
1: Time pushes people apart as much as it brings them together. One thing I do know from my many years of life is that things do work out. Scars do heal. Just give it some time.
0: You're very wise, aren't you, Doris?
1: You don't stay fit and healthy this long by living with stupidity.
0: (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Can I get you anything? Another tea?
1: Shouldn't you be going home?
0: I'm enjoying talking to you and hearing your wild stories. We could talk for a bit longer if you like.
1: I'd like that a lot. It gets a bit lonely sometimes.
0: I'll get us a pot of tea. (laughs) What? She's on her own. Everyone needs a friend sometimes.
1: She's not a charity case. I'm nearly done and then I'm going home.
0: Okay, great. Here you go. I hope it's strong enough for you.
1: It looks just right.
0: So, Doris, when did you and Ernie get married?
1: It was December 1963. But we got engaged the year before.
0: Was his proposal romantic? (laughs)
1: Not at all. He wasn't the most romantic. Well, he was, but not over-materialistic things. It was the everyday moments with my Ernie.
0: I don't think that's a bad way to be, though. How did he propose?
1: We were walking in Hounslow shopping, and then we both decided to get engaged.
0: You decided together?
1: Yes, and as soon as we said it, we went and got a ring. We stood underneath a lamppost and Ernie put the ring on my finger.
0: That sounds pretty romantic to me. How old were you at this point?
1: I was just about to turn 18.
0: What did your parents think of it?
1: Everyone said that we were too young. But look how we proved them wrong.
0: (laughs) Exactly. True love. What was the wedding like?
1: It was a quiet church wedding, but wonderful nonetheless. We got married at four in the afternoon. When we came out of the church, it was pitch black and snow was falling all around us. It was magical.
0: How beautiful. A white wedding.
1: It was. Ever since that day, I've always thought of snow more deeply. Not only our wedding day, but our engagement was gifted with snow. There's so many memories, so many times when I think of our life together and the snow that came with it. Our first car never did well in the snow, We used to have to stop every mile and put a cloth against the exhaust manifold and then hold it against the windscreen to melt the ice.
0: (laughs) What a nightmare. Did the car not have a heater?
1: A heater? Cars didn't even have seatbelts. It was a great car, though. It got us through the toughest winter. I know snow isn't as often these days, but when I do see it, it brings back all of those happy memories and reminds me of my Ernie.
0: The way you see beauty in the smallest of things is inspiring, Doris. We should all learn to appreciate life as clearly as you.
1: Hello, sorry to interrupt. Trent, I've just finished cleaning, so I'll off now. I'll see you in a couple of days.
0: Thanks, Penelope. Great work tonight, as always.
1: Thanks, T. Speak soon. I know what that was.
0: What do you mean?
1: It's quite obvious. You young people never know how to hide it. It's like you're parading around in your underwear.
0: <laughs> this, I'm not getting into. Penny is cute, but we work together. I don't see it that way.
1: Nonsense. If love blossoms, embrace it.
0: Well, if I'm going to listen to anyone, it would be you.
1: I saw a glint in her eye. It was the way Ernie used to look at me. We'll see.
0: Ernie sounded like a very loyal man. Maybe I can learn from him. How about some more stories?
1: Why not? I could talk about him all day, and you're right. He was a loyal man. One time I was working in a hairdresser's and suddenly I couldn't walk. I had excruciating pain at the bottom of my back.
0: Oh, was it lumbago? A member of staff had that once.
1: As a matter of fact, it was. My brother Jimmy came to the rescue and his wife called the doctor. Ernie even borrowed someone's motorbike to get to me.
0: See, he was romantic. Was he into motorbikes?
1: Yes, he loved his bikes. Cars and trains When he finally arrived He took off his goggles And his face was completely black With just his white eyes left Even though I was in so much pain It still managed to make me chuckle
0: (laughs) Why was his face covered black?
1: It was from the smog In those days All of the smog from the power stations And coal fires would be in the air And it would stick to your face And turn your eyebrows black
0: Oh blimey that doesn't sound good for people's health. It's a good job they sorted the issue. Did you get better quickly?
1: No. I was off work all week with it. So Ernie could cycle backwards and forwards to me every day. And we were nine miles apart.
0: He clearly cares for you, Doris. untraditionally.
1: He did. He was such a gentle and kind man. Just like his father. He was lucky to have parents that he could look up to.
0: Not all of us can be that lucky.
1: Agreed. I have lived my whole life never knowing who my real dad is.
0: But you mentioned your father early on.
1: Yes, well, he wasn't my actual father.
0: I believe the people who bring you up should be considered your parents, regardless of blood. Do you not agree?
1: I do, but my father was never really bothered about me or my brother Keith, as we weren't his biological children. And the one son that was his, my brother Jimmy, he treated terribly. In what way? If he was ever naughty, he'd take off his belt and hit him. He was horrible to my mother, too.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that, Doris. The harsh reality is that so many families go through this. So many people still think it's acceptable to hit their children. What kind of mentality is that?
1: It makes me sick to the stomach.
0: They just don't consider the effect that it has on us as we grow up. Especially trying to form our adult lives.
1: You said us.
0: It creates so many problems, a lack of trust, relationship difficulties, a constant feeling in your guts that you're worthless.
1: Trent, darling.
0: I'm sorry. It's just a raw subject and it fills me with rage and fear whenever I hear someone else who struggled with abuse. I'm not afraid to talk about this and that's the biggest problem. So many people are.
1: I think you've turned into a wonderful man and I've only known you for a short amount of time.
0: Thank you, Doris. And I like to think the same, but deep down I know I'm still searching for love and approval. That's what infuriates me the most.
1: Just be proud of yourself. You have two wonderful boys, you work in a lovely restaurant, and you had the kindness to sit down and talk to me.
0: But do you ever feel that when you're trying to be a better person, you're doing it for the wrong reasons?
1: It may seem that way now, but one day it will pass. Have you ever thought about seeking closure?
0: A part of me wants to, so I can be free of this burden, but the other part of me can't bear the thought of it. I just wish it didn't have such a hold over my life.
1: That is something that may never change. But continue to make a positive impact on your boys and people like me. That will help.
0: I do. I try. They are my everything, but I still seem to let them down.
1: You're not letting them down. These days so many people are separated or divorced... Children understand better than they used to.
0: But they don't. My kids often ask why they can't be with us both, or why they have to have two birthdays or Christmases. It doesn't seem fair.
1: I know. But once they're older, they will look back on these moments and remember how much fun they had from having multiple celebrations.
0: I just want the best for my boys. Better than I had anyway.
1: In my opinion, they've got the best. I mean, their father breaking down to an old lady in a restaurant. Your true colours have shown, Trent. (laughs)
0: Let's not tell them that part. We don't want their egos getting too big. (laughs) Do you have any children, Doris? I mean, we've talked about everything from snow to motorbikes, dancing and the music man, but we haven't mentioned it yet.
1: I'm getting there. I've lived a long life and you wanted me to start at the beginning.
0: (laughs) That's very true.
1: And in answer to your question, I have two children, Elizabeth and George.
0: One of each. That's nice. Are you a close family?
1: We can be. We definitely try to be.
0: What's stopping you?
1: Oh, I don't know. It can be difficult finding balance once you are all adults.
0: I guess. But is that not part of being a parent?
1: Of course it is. And I try my best, but they all have their own lives, and I'm still living in one from the past.
0: Are you finding it difficult to move forward?
1: Terribly. I'm struggling to see a future without him.
0: But I'm sure it helps having your children and family around.
1: (laughs) Yes, but they are so busy, and he's been gone for some time now. They've got so many distractions from the sadness.
0: Life is simple, Doris. Once you strip back the layers, you're just left with this void. A void that constantly needs to be filled. And then when you don't have someone there distracting you, life seems impossible.
1: Life is impossible without my Ernie. And I live with that feeling every day.
0: There's many reasons to look forward, Doris. This is your second chapter. I don't think Ernie would like you holding yourself back from the world.
1: He wouldn't at all. He'd want me to make the most of my life and be happy it would be so disappointed knowing that I just moped around and wasted what little life I have left.
0: But just imagine, Doris, imagine going all the way back to New Year's Day, 1962. Think about how your life would have been different if Ernie didn't come back to you that morning.
1: I can't imagine it. Every version, every moment of my past has his face mixed into it. Even my memories before him, he is somehow there.
0: I know what you mean. When I was with Clara, I found her embedded in my previous memories and I almost forgot what life was like before her. Even now, when I come home, I almost imagine the day as if we were still together and how much nicer it would have been.
1: It sounds like there is still something there, Trent.
0: There always will be. She is a memory that will never fade.
1: Well, for a young man, you really seem to have it all figured out.
0: Far from it, but I try my best to at least find clarity in my clouded life. It always helps to talk, though, doesn't it?
1: It does. But people never seem to talk anymore.
0: In day-to-day life, they don't. But working here, I see so many wonderful people talking, making conversation. This evening alone, I have served a couple on a first date, a man announcing his sexuality, and a middle-of-the-road marriage finding new ground.
1: (laughs) But I doubt all of them are wonderful, are they?
0: Oh, God, no. They're not. But human beings are incredible when they want to be. I mean, look what we can do when we put our minds to it, and what has already been achieved throughout years of history.
1: Agreed. I mean, the world would be dark without Edison.
0: (laughs) And words would be boring without Shakespeare.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They sure would. If people spread kindness and act with their heart, then the world would be an even nicer place. Life is beautiful, and we should cherish it.
0: I think most of us do. I shall try to. What I love about this job is seeing people together, with no distractions, fully present in the moment, like it should be.
1: If people practiced this more often, then maybe this would prevent problems from happening, or relationships from breaking down. Sometimes all you need to do is just talk.
0: Doris, you're a genius!
1: (laughs) Me? What did I do?
0: (laughs) All along there's been this emptiness in my void, And all I need to do is to go to Clara and talk. I need to tell her how I feel. How I want to make it work and be a family again. I love her. And not a day goes by where I don't wish things were different. And I was still with her. Sometimes all you need is to just talk to someone and hear it from them. To give you the push you need to do what's right. Thank you, Doris.
1: You're welcome, Trent. I'm glad I could help. I may be old, but there's still some sense in this brain of mine.
0: (laughs) Come on, I'll walk you home.
1: You don't have to do that.
0: No, I want to. It's a small gesture to walk you home, not a burden. Thank you. Don't worry up there, Annie. I'll get her home safely.
1: You would have gotten along with him so well, Trent, I can just see it. Why do you think that? You both have a kind heart, and that's all you can ask for in a person.
0: Conversations, episode four, The Void. Starring Gail Taplin as Doris, Jade Wemond-Hyde as Penelope, and Oliver Thomas Wright as Trent. Music by Thomas Yerman, artwork by Katie Collins.